morning, everyone, and welcome to Julia Spare's Moving Markets podcast. It's Thursday, the 9th of March, and my name is Helen Freer. Coming up today, it's been an interesting week so far with the Fed Chair Jerome Powell's testimony, and he signaled that we might see further rate hikes. So we'll get all the latest on what this means for the gold and silver markets from Carsten Menke. And then Ronnie Kaufman will fill us in on the Investment Committee's latest thoughts. But I'll start things off with a quick roundup of the latest market news. So as I just mentioned, after speaking to the Senate committee on Tuesday, yesterday, Jerome Powell addressed the House Financial Services Committee. He softened his tone slightly, saying that policymakers will wait for more jobs and inflation data before they decide how much to raise interest rates later this month. There's February's employment report due out on Friday, for example. But Powell did also make the point that more tightening was definitely still possible and rates might go even higher than anticipated if the economic data warrants it. We also got another round of US jobs figures yesterday that came in hotter than expected. More than twice as many jobs were added in February than in the previous month. This was obviously all on investors' minds yesterday as they were considering what it means in terms of the risk of a recession that comes with more rate hikes. After a lot of twists and turns, there were no huge gains or losses in the major indices yesterday, though. In the US, the S&P 500 closed up just 0.1%. The Nasdaq Composite gained 0.4%, while the Dow Jones closed slightly in the red. And within the S&P, real estate was the best performing sector yesterday, and energy was the worst. And earlier on in Europe, most of the major indices here ended the day in the green, although the Cat Courant and the Swiss market index were the exceptions. They both closed slightly down. Looking at treasuries then, where yields climbed again yesterday and the two-year yield stayed above 5%, the 10-year yield is also still high. It moved to a low yesterday of 3.9% and is now above 4% again. Q4 GDP figures in Japan have come out. The economy there grew by 0.1% in the fourth quarter. That's less than had been expected, but they've narrowly avoided a recession. And the Bank of Japan's two-day policy meeting got underway today as Japan's benchmark 10-year bond yield was hovering just below the 0.5% ceiling set by the central bank. We'll get the policy decision there tomorrow. And data out of China shows a slowdown in consumer inflation and a decline in factory prices. In other news, President Joe Biden is apparently going to make a proposal today that would see a series of new tax increases on billionaires, rich investors and corporations. He's calling for a 25% minimum tax on billionaires and a doubling of capital gains tax on investments. He's also proposing to raise income levies on corporations and the wealthy with the goal of cutting the deficit by almost $3 trillion over the next decade. So with investors weighing up the risks of faster rate hikes now, there's a mixed picture in markets in Asia this morning. The Nikkei ended the day there up 0.6%. And when I looked a few minutes ago, the Hang Seng Index and the CSI 300 were both in the red. And futures were down across both the US and Europe a few moments ago, pointing to a negative open today. So that's all from me. Carsten, great to have you on the podcast this morning. Now, the US Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell has shocked the gold and silver markets this week, stating that the central bank would be ready to return to bigger interest rate hikes should the US economy continue to grow strongly. Yes, indeed. Good morning. 
so this caused quite a sell-off in the gold and silver markets on Tuesday, with gold down around 2% and silver down more than 4%. Prices have not really recovered since, suggesting that bargain hunters remain absent from the markets. But back to Powell's statement. I mean, the logic of it should not be surprising in principle. A stronger economy can withstand higher interest rates. What shook the markets was the Federal Reserve's undeniable determination to fight inflation and to restore credibility. So does Powell's statement change our assessment of US monetary policy? No, it does not. So our assessment remains unchanged. Given the outlook for the US economy, there is no need to increase interest rates further, and the determination of the Federal Reserve to restore credibility raises the risk of over-tightening. US bond yields and the US dollar should stay strong in the short term amid an overall sound economic backdrop. In the medium to longer term, however, we see some moderate softness of the US dollar due to a dwindling US interest rate advantage as well as returning risk appetite. And what does this mean then for gold and silver? First of all, US monetary policy remains key for gold and silver. It appeared to be coming less important during the past few weeks because the Federal Reserve was set to slow its tightening stance. But based on this week's statement, we have to acknowledge that monetary policy is still in the driving seat. Looking ahead, we do not think that the US dollar should cause major moves in gold and silver going forward, neither to the upside nor to the downside. And this is mainly because we do not expect major moves of the US dollar itself. Moreover, safe haven demand is unlikely to return in our base case of returning risk appetite and no recession, suggesting that prices should move gradually lower from today's levels. This is what we see already today. At the beginning, I've said that bargain hunters are absent from the market, and that's nothing new, in fact. We have not seen any gold buying and any silver buying during the past few weeks, despite that early year rally. That is very remarkable in my view. And what about if we're wrong and the US economy does slip into a recession? A recession due to over-tightening by the Federal Reserve? That is the bull case for gold and silver, as this should revive safe haven demand, and it should also lead to an eventual reversal of monetary policy, pushing US bond yields and the US dollar down. But we are quite far from that, which is why we do not see this recent correction as a buying opportunity, and we stick to our neutral views on gold and silver. Back to you. Thank you very much, Karsten. And now, Ronnie, thank you for joining us on today's show as well. You're here to update us on this week's Investment Committee meeting. So over to you. Many thanks, Helen, and good morning as well from my side. Well, the IC has noted that after an exceptionally strong start to the year, financial markets lost a bit of steam in the last couple of weeks. Starting in February, investor concerns suddenly shifted from recession back to higher interest rates, as we were presented with higher than expected inflation and stronger than expected employment figures. In fact, for the first time, the market now agrees with the Fed on the future trajectory of its policy rate, as expectations of the terminal Fed funds rate have been pushed significantly higher. Against this backdrop, markets have been remarkably constructive in adjusting to higher interest rates for longer. As you, Helen, already alluded to, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell delivered yet another hawkish message in his latest congressional testimony. As a result, Instead of 25, the market consensus now expects the Fed to raise rates by another 50 basis points at its March meeting. 
And what does this mean in terms of inflation and the widely anticipated normalization in inflation rates? Well, not much, frankly speaking, as the underlying trend remains unchanged and still to the downside. To the IC, it was clear from the very outset that disinflation would not follow a linear path with asset prices showing considerable volatility along the way, subject to the relative dominance of inflation versus growth concerns. Now, as evidenced by the New York Fed Global Supply Chain Pressure Index, the transitory pandemic-induced supply constraints have in fact entirely vanished by now. However, those caused by the new investment paradigm of intensified global geopolitical competition and the inevitable decarbonization of the world economy remain. So fundamentally, Western central banks face two options right now. Either they continue to tighten, deliberately dampening demand to bring it in line with structurally reduced supply, or as a second option, they accept higher inflation to support higher levels of activity and the buildup of productive capacity so that ultimately supply constraints are gradually eased over time. So the Fed is going to stay the course now for the time being? Yes, uh, we believe the reaction function remains unchanged. Clearly, both the Fed and the ECB need more evidence now before they officially pause. But they also know that the ongoing inflation surge is largely supply-driven. So as a result, we continue to believe that the Fed will ultimately settle for a 3% inflation on average. What's more, the required refinancing of record public debt will further push the Fed in this direction as it limits central banks' ability to raise rates. It is very important to realize that neither the Fed nor the ECB can risk a credit crunch in a world that has never been as leveraged and financialized as it is today. So given everything you've just said then, are we changing the asset allocation? No, the IC decided to leave the asset allocation unchanged for this week. We remain optimistic as we believe that the rewards far outweigh the risks in markets at this juncture. On a positive note, our long-held belief that the US and Eurozone economies are not entering into a recession has become the consensus view. There is ample evidence on both sides of the Atlantic that respective private sectors are in good shape, not subject to any imbalances, and with households still able to draw on the excess savings that they accumulated during the COVID-19 crisis. Now, from a technical point of view, February was simply a pause in what has been identified as a solid bull market in equities. The lights are flashing decisively green, not only on the technicals, but also on the flow side. And one should not forget that in a context of heightened macroeconomic volatility, when investor sentiment remains extremely pessimistic at the same time, the risks are clearly tilted to the upside if and when incoming economic data starts to surprise on the upside again. And with that, back to you, Helen. Thank you very much, Ronnie. So that's all for today. Thanks again to our speakers this morning. And thank you all for tuning in. Do join us again tomorrow when we'll get an update on currencies from Tim Gagey. Have a great day, everyone. And bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. 
Business Leaders is a monthly podcast where we talk to entrepreneurs across the globe. We delve into the details of how they started their careers, their journeys in building businesses, and hear about some of the challenges that they faced along the way. Search for Business Leaders on your favorite podcast player.